Hey, this is Reb D, and I'm glad you have tuned in to listen to this Good Friday Seven Last Word Worship Service. Not everyone can get out to church, so we thank God for podcasting and be able to bring it to you via podcast. Enjoy. Listen now. people laid down last night and didn't get up this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'd like to thank everyone who came out today. Amen. Uh, we thought it not robbery to come. And this is what it's all about. That Jesus they nailed him to a cross. But early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to ask that you draw down on the wanderings of your mind. And I want you to take a journey with me to a place called Calvary, Golgotha. And I just want you to open your hearts and your minds and even shout out hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus, for making a way that salvation 
enter our hearts and we will be forgiven for that which we do. So as we go to Calvary, we ask Reverend Mason to come and give us our first word. Let the church say amen. 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 Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I certainly would like to first give honor to God, to Jesus Christ, who is head of my life, to our very uh, beautiful and very wonderfully spirit pastor, and to uh, Reverend Dr. Key, to Reverend Jones, and to my, my uh, partners over here. God bless you. And we're going to go forward. Amen? Amen? We are going to go forward. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I don't care what's going on in my life that's negative. I get excited about Jesus. Amen. He makes it all right for me. All right. So we're going to get right into it. If you have your Bibles, please go to Luke, the 23rd chapter in the 34th verse. And the word of the Lord reads, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. I would like to talk from the subject matter, living in recovery, living in recovery. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, dear God, we just love you and adore you. Father, we just ask you to be with us right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we're just praying for this word, oh God. Father, we're praying for every preacher that's going forth on today to proclaim this word, oh God, all over the world, oh God. You've been so good to us, oh God, and for that we say thank you. So I ask that you bless these preachers here, oh God, and bless everyone under the sound of my voice that we may hear from you, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Living in recovery. How many of you know that recovery is a process? Healing is a process. Forgiveness can be a tough process. But guess what? It pleases God when we're obedient. Amen? Amen. We can always learn something about how we react after a bad situation. Even how we might judge others by their reaction. By saying, oh, I wouldn't have handled it that way. Or I would have done it this way. Well, the truth of the matter is, church, God wants us to do it his way. Amen? Amen. Amen? On this holy Friday, we reflect on Jesus' seven last word. We take a look at the day of atonement and the acts of love Jesus showed in his final moments. Jesus nailed to the cross in the middle of two criminals, looks out and sees the religious leaders, their government, the crowd, and the, his followers crying with sad faces and, and those that hated him yelling hateful words to him. 
Jesus, who is suffering on the cross from unspeakable torture. Are you with me? Unspeakable torture, consumed by pain, reacts to this devastating reaction that has been forced upon him. This is the same Jesus that has shown his miraculous powers that even the leaders ask, who is this manner of man? Jesus, who has proven himself by his compassion, his miracles, his healing power, by his resurrection power with Lazarus. Anybody remember that? Mm -hmm. One great preacher said that if Jesus had so much power that if he did not call Lazarus by name, that everyone would have gotten up on that day. All right. Oh, Jesus, who knew no sin. And see, their hurtful heart, full of sin, he knew that his crucifixion was part of a bigger plan. Right. Sometimes your situation isn't about you, but about God getting the glory over your obedience to him. See, Jesus, who had been nailed to the cross, still, church, still had love in his heart and uttered these words. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Church, what is the purpose of taking a test? Right. To see if you had paid attention to what has been taught. To see if you have studied and learned the lesson. It's forgiveness, a test given by God. There are so many that are suffering because they can't forgive. There are so many that don't know why God told us to begin or how we ought to begin. And as we read our Bible over and over again, we see that forgiveness is significant theme in God's word. Have we got a witness in here? Forgiveness is a part of our spiritual growth. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting, church. Rather, forgiveness means letting go of the pain that you experience. Letting it go, church is a process. Have I got a witness in here? Let it go and let God's grace help you deal with it. God not only wants us to forgive others, church, but he also wants us to forgive ourselves for those that we have wronged. Anybody with me today? Anybody hurt somebody and can say, I'm sorry? Is there one in the house? We see in Luke, the 23rd chapter, the, the most unjust situation in history. Yet, Jesus extends forgiveness without limitation to those who nailed him to the cross. If Christ forgave in this way on the cross, surely no sin of ours is too great for his forgiveness. And as we experience his forgiveness, we are free to forgive the others who have sinned against us. Christ enables us to release our bitterness and our resentment, which can only imprison us if we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Are you in recovery? 
Have you released those ill feelings and moved on? Oh, I stopped by on this Holy Friday to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We learn to forgive by remembering that Jesus forgave us. We learn to forgive by loving our neighbor as ourselves. We learn to forgive, church, by saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Oh, I know it hurts sometimes. Just the thought of it brings tears to my eyes. But Jesus' healing power makes us feel a whole lot better. Have I got a witness in this church today? So let me close with this. Jesus said in Matthew, the 6th chapter and the 14th verse, For if you forgive others, people, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Forgiveness is not only a command, church, but it's the Christian way of life. Mm -hmm. Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? But the Bible says in Matthew 18 that Jesus told him, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Don't let a bad situation destroy your whole life. Live in Jesus' love. Live by the Holy Spirit. Live with a forgiving heart because Jesus died so you could live in eternity. God bless you, church, and may heaven shine upon you. Jesus Christ. 
Christ. Amen. He was an innocent man who knew no sin. Amen. He had come to save the world, the universal savior, a savior for us all, mm-hmm. a savior for the Jews, the Gentiles, a savior for the whites, the blacks, the rich, and the poor. He came to reconcile us to God. He was the only one without sin. The unblemished, the sacrificial lamb, the cross in the middle held Jesus. Jesus was in the middle, but that's Jesus. Amen. He was always in the middle of sinners. In Luke 5, 32, the religious leaders complained about him being in the middle of sinners. Why is he always hanging around with those sinners? Why do we see him always eating and drinking with the sinners, the taxpayers and the sinners, tax collectors? and the sinners. Why? And Jesus answers. He says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, my purpose here is to invite sinners to come and turn away from their sins. He said, I didn't come to spend my time with all of those religious leaders who think themselves already good enough. Right. I came to save the world. And as he hung there on the cross, he was mocked, laughed at, ridiculed. They all joined in. All those goody two-shoe religious leaders, the soldiers, the crowd that had just praised him. They said, look at him. Let's see if he can save himself. If he is really God's chosen one, if he is really the Messiah, save yourself, save yourself. But if only they knew If only they knew the whole story. Yeah. If only they knew it wasn't just the nails that held him to the cross. It was his love. If only they could recognize who Jesus really was. Yes. If only they knew he was just about doing the will of the Father. If thou be the Christ, save yourself and save us too while you're at it. Yes. One of the criminals said as he joined in the mockery of the crowd. Oh, but the other one, the other criminal, the other one began to recognize Jesus. Through all the blood, he saw his grace and mercy. Through the broken bones of his body, he saw forgiveness. Through the disfigured face, he saw salvation. He knew that God so loved the world that he gave his only 
begotten Son, mm -hmm. that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes. God's love and God's power working through Jesus to forgive us. I think he knew at that point that Jesus had the power to get off the cross. But he didn't. And if Jesus would have gotten off the cross, we, we'd never have songs like there's a fountain filled with blood right. drawn from Emmanuel's yes. veins. And, and sinners plunge beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. Yes. We couldn't sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. He didn't get off the cross because he was destined to do the will of his father, destined to be the sacrifice to take away the sins of this wicked world. Yes. Jesus had the power to save. Don't you even fear God when you're dying? The other criminal protested. We've done some wrong things. And we deserve to die. But this man, this man Jesus has done nothing wrong. So you go and you follow the crowd. You mock him. You laugh at him. But as for me, I'm going to follow this man, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. And he called out to Jesus, 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 remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, truly, I say to you today that you will be in paradise with me. Mm -hmm. I promise you that today, right now, you will be with me in paradise. Yeah. What faith this repentant sinner had. And we know just as Jesus saved that criminal on the cross, he will save you and me. Mm -hmm. For we all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. So you tell somebody it's not too late. We know that it's never too late for all who truly repent. Yes. Even in the last second of life, yes. just call on Jesus to be saved. Mm -hmm. You see, it's not by grace that we have been saved. It's through faith. Mm -hmm. It's a gift of God. Yes. Not by works so that nobody can boast. This criminal didn't have a chance to join Tranquil's church. He couldn't say, I don't deserve to be saved because I'm not a member of church. And we can't say that either. We can't ever say that I gave more than you, so I deserve to be saved more than you. All right. We can't say that I went to church more than you. Well. So I deserve to be saved more than you. My I Lord. I can't say that I gave more than you. Yeah. Yeah. I can't buy my way to paradise. 
Mm. That's right. This man's faith secured him an immediate home in God's kingdom, an immediate path to eternal life, and our faith will do the same. It's not too late. You can experience the promise of eternal life. Just humble yourselves. Salvation is by grace, and you're saved by faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Just stay one step behind Jesus. Follow Jesus. It's never too late. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
Here he is on the cross, dying in agony, gasping for each breath. He sees his mother, the one who's comforting him through all of his years as a child, taking care of his cuts and his bruises, comforting him anytime he was teased or taunted. He knew he could run to his mother and she would wrap him in his in her loving arms and give him the comfort that he needs. As he sees her at the foot of the cross, heartbroken, crying, inconsolable, his heart goes out to her. Now we know Jesus is never concerned about his own welfare, but he was certainly touched by what he saw at the foot of that cross. His mother, a widow. His mother, a widow who will also be known as the mother of that evil man. Life will not be easy for her. Apparently, there were other children. We don't know if they were hers or if they were fathers, but they didn't believe in him. So he could not depend upon them to take care of his mother the way he thought that she should be taken care of. So as he looks down from the cross at the scene beneath him, he not only sees his mother, but he sees that disciple, the one that he loves the most, John. And that is when he decided that that would be the person he would entrust the care of his mother to. So, what are we to learn as lovers of Christ from those words that he spoke? Woman, your son, and to the disciple, your mother. But first and foremost, we need to know that we have no other choice but to love our family. We must love our parents no matter what. Sometimes they get on our nerves. I wish I had mom and dad who would get on my nerves right now. Mm, mm, mm. Sometimes they misunderstand us and don't always agree with the decisions that we make. And vice versa. Woman, your son, 
and to his disciple, your mother, because he knew that he would not be there to take care of her. Second, we are responsible for our family obligations. Jesus was clear that his disciples must put commitment to him above family relationship. Our obedience to Christ must become primary, and our obedience to our family and our, our, um, our parents are secondary. Just because we're Christians does not mean that we are released from family obligations. Amen. The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, was very, very adamant about our filial responsibilities. He states that anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Amen. As mature believers of Christ, our priorities, God first, our families, and then our work for God. Putting first Christ does not mean that we are free to neglect our other priorities. It means that we get our priorities in proper relation to each other. God will give us all the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that we need to work everything out. Amen. So here at the end of his life, we see in Jesus a tender love of his son for his mother. A mother who has sometimes misunderstood him. As he dies, he settled his earthly obligation as best he could when he entrusted the disciple he loved with her care. This word, this statement, also supports the idea that religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit the orphans and widows in their afflictions. Mm. Reference scripture, James 1, verse mm. 27. Mm. Jesus Christ on the cross was secure for all our human, servant, and alien relationships. Will you please pray with me? Father God, we see Jesus' example of love, compassion, obedience, relationship, and responsibility. As wonderful and loving as family relationships can be, we know that sometimes they, they can become very complex and sometimes even hurtful. We ask you to help us sort them out, show us how to love you more, and at the same time, love our family members and any and everybody who are attached to us. Give us the divine wisdom that we need so that we can love as Jesus loves. Lord Jesus, how can we begin to thank you? How can we begin to thank you for what you suffered for us, Lord God? Sometimes our words fall short, our thoughts even seem superficial and vain, but nevertheless, Lord God, we offer our sincere gratitude for your suffering. We thank you. We thank you for bearing our sins on the cross. Mm -hmm. yes. We give you our praise, yes. our love. Yes. We give you our heart, Lord God. Yes, we yes. We give you all that we are because you have given us all that you are. Yes. All praise, all honor, and all glory is to you, Lord God. And it is in your name that I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
Praise the Lord. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I come to you with a question in the form of a song. You ain't part of the answer. But when you see the truth, what is your response? If you were there and you saw the truth, what is your response? When you see Jesus crucified on Calvary, what is your response? Mm -hmm. When you see Jesus crucified over and over and over again, even today, in so many ways, what is your response?
so that it will be harder for him to push up his body. Mm. If you understand what a crucifixion really is, it's a, it's a torment of agony. So much so that it's hard for you to even hold your body up. It's hard for you to breathe. It's meant for you to suffer immensely. But the centurions wanted Jesus to suffer a little more than the other people. So they fashioned a crown of thorns. So when he held his head up to try to take a breath, it hurt him even more. When he tried to push his body up, the nails in his arms and in his wrist hurt more than they normally would. But it still hurt. This is the third hour. After Jesus was crucified along with two robbers, the people in the, in the community started coming by. They started saying things like, if he's all he should be, why can't he bring himself down off that cross? If he's all he should be, why can't he save himself? If he's all he should be, why can't he save all of us on this hill? But instead, they mocked. They shook their head. They, they screamed. They hollered. He's not all that. He's not a savior. He's not all those things. Even though the centurions had put a makeshift plaque over Jesus' crucifixion cross that said he was the king of the Jews, they still mocked him as he was robber or beggar or someone unworthy of being called the son of God. Mm. That was hours up until the 12th hour. Now we've already heard that in the 12th hour it, would, it turned dark. And when I say turned dark, as far as you can see, it was darkness. As far as you could use your senses, you knew that something terrible was happening. All of your senses said, should I even be here? It was so hard. But you couldn't tell where it was coming from. You just knew that the darkness was all around us. And the darkness, and it's already been stated by these illustrious people on, on the pulpit with me, that the ground shook. The graves opened up. It even says that people got up out of their graves and walked around mm. in total darkness. Mm. But more important, the thing that's not seen and all of these things, even in some scholars and some writing, how much Jesus suffered between the darkness and to the time that he said what he said. And I'm going to read you some of the items that I had to research this week. When you research things like this, it gives you a profound sense of what Jesus really went through because Let's be honest. He really didn't have to do it. Well, he, he paid the price for us so we could be here today. It's my father who was my example in my life. He said to me on many occasions, Jesus Christ was on this earth as our God. He lived as our God. Amen. He died so we have a choice at life. And that was his at my young age, that was the way he explained it so that I understood. But the darkness was really judging. The 
Let me say that again. The darkness at the 12 o'clock hour was really judgment. Mm -hmm. And the judgment was severe. Because the two robbers didn't go through the same type of pain and suffering that Jesus did. It was all directed toward him. And it, it reads something like this. The judgment of God is upon our sins. His wrath was burning inside the very heart of Jesus. So that he, as our substitute, suffered more intense agony, indescribable woe, terrible isolation, or forsakenness. And this word, I don't normally use in church, but he says, hell came to Calvary that day. And Jesus descended into it, and he bore his hearts for us. Now, let's think about that. Let's think about it. We ride down the street and we have an accident. We have ways and means to get repaired. You break an arm, we can reset it. You, you fall down, you break a leg, we can get it reset. But when you get agony, despair, those type of things, there's not really a cure for those things unless you have a spiritual way. We also, for many reasons, it can be your children not doing what you want them to do. It can be your mother not treating you the way you think you should be treated. It can be your boss saying you ain't worth the money you're paying. It can be a lot of things. But our salvation is what we get when we see what Jesus has done for us. When you put your hand in his hand, He'll take care of you whatever you have, gone through, and whatever you call his name to do, he'll be there. Now, as soon as I get my electronic device to come up and work properly, <laughs> here we go. It is said, That Jesus bore the sin of many. This is Isaiah 53, verse 10 through 12. He was made to be the sin on our behalf. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 21. He was wounded for our transgressions. Isaiah 53, 5. He takes away the sins of the world. John 1, 29. He gave himself a ransom for us all. 1 Timothy 7, 6. He became a curse for us. Galatians 3, 13. And finally, he bore the sins in his own body on that tree. 1 Peter 2nd chapter, verses 24. And at the end of the ninth hour, let me prefix my saying this. Jesus only lasted on the cross six hours. You have to remember, he had already been tortured, he had already been beaten, he had already been flogged, he had already carried his cross to Calvary. And along the way, he continued to be beaten and mocked and cursed and kicked 
<coughs> but by the time he got to the cross, he had lost a lot of blood. Yeah. His body was weak. Note I said, let's, let's go into the details here. His body was weak. Mm -hmm. His spirit was not. Amen. But for what Jesus went through, a lesser man would have died on the way to Calvary. Yeah. A lesser man would not have tolerated right. all of it. Mm. Think about it. Just think about what I'm saying. So, by the time he had been crucified, by the time he had gotten up on the cross, by the time he was sitting out in the sunlight like today for three hours in excruciating pain, it turned dark. And then God passed his judgment. God had removed the sins of the world through Jesus. And it's then he said, L-O-I, L-O-I, Lama, Sabbat, Tani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The poor woman.
He felt the crown of thorns being placed on his head. Jesus felt his breathing getting harder and harder with each passing minute. And even though we didn't exactly feel what Jesus felt, sometimes we've all felt a little tired. Am I right about it? We've all felt a little angry. We've all been sad sometimes. And yes, we've all been thirsty. But we're blessed this, morning, this afternoon to know that we have a Savior who feels what we feel. Am I right about it? But finally, the second thing that we can glean from this word is Jesus' determination to complete his task. Yeah. Jesus was exhausted. He was in excruciating pain. His mouth was dry from the feelings of dehydration and blood loss. And even Matthew wrote about it in his gospel when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan came to tempt him. Even Satan said, if you throw yourself from the highest point on the temple, God will command a legion of angels to come and get you so that your foot doesn't even hit a stone. If Jesus didn't really want to die on the cross, we all know that he had more than enough ways to get himself down from the cross. But see, Jesus knew that he had a greater task to complete. When Jesus initially left heaven, when he walked through 42 generations, was born to a virgin named Mary, he had a greater task to complete. When he came to earth, he healed the sick. When he healed the woman with the issue of blood, he had a great task to complete. Jesus raised the dead. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, when he raised the rich ruler's daughter from the dead, he knew he had a great task to complete. Even when Jesus fed 5,000 people with two, loaves, with two fish and five loaves of bread, he knew he had a great task to complete. He went to earth for the main reason to die for humanity. And on this Good Friday, I'm so glad, I wish I had a witness in here, that Jesus died for mankind. Yeah. Because we all know if he didn't want to die, he didn't really have to die. But again, I'm so glad that we even though he could have come down from the cross at any time, he did not come down from the cross. He died, I wish I had somebody, for us. He died for the sins of the world. He died, I wish I had a witness, so that somebody might have a right to the tree of life. And on this good Friday, I'm so glad that even though he could have come down from the cross, he decided to die. He decided to die. I wish I had a witness. He decided to die for you and for me. Amen? Amen.
and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. In so doing, by him repeating those words, it is finished. Nothing else needed to be added. It is finished. By saying that it is finished, Jesus was signaling to the Jews of the world at that time that nothing else had to be added to. No animals needed to be sacrificed. No temples needed to be built. Jesus had paid it all and all to him we are. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Now we have to Remember that Jesus, the earlier in the Gospels, Jesus said, No man take my life. Man, man. No man takes my, my life. Mm -hmm. I got power to lay it down, and I got power. To pick it back up again. Mm. Am I in the right place? Yeah. 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 That Jesus had all power. Man. The fact that he was finished and he gave up the ghost lets us know today that we have a Savior and he had made a way. He had opened the door to salvation. Man. And salvation is free. But I like to say it's not cheap. Amen. Jesus said to his father when he was in the palatial halls of heaven, he said, Father, prepare me a body and I'll go down and redeem man back to you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. From whom all blessings flow. Amen. 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 He provided us a way to salvation. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then he said, when he said, it is finished, he didn't say, I'm finished. All right. He All said, right. it's finished. All right. Hallelujah. You got to look at the little things. All right. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. And, and so here we see and remember, all this is linked up. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus, at the end of a journey, he called his disciples together and he asked Peter, he said, Peter, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, well, they said, some of you, uh, they, you know, you might, you might be John the Baptist <laughs> or you might be Elijah. But he said, but who do you say I am? Linking it up. Hallelujah. Who do you say I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ. Amen. The son of the living God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Thou art the Christ. Now when you study that word Christ, Christ means he was anointed to die. All right. And that's why, you know, the devil wanted to stop him. And, 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 and the scripture says from that period of time, 
Jesus turned his head to Jerusalem and nothing was there to stop him. And he started out because he knew that he had a mission to do. Mm. Amen. Amen. And that was Amen. to die for all of us. Amen. And he said that I must go to Jerusalem because I have to die. What a word. What a word. What a word. I have to die for you and you and you. And Peter said, Lord, far be it removed from me that you should die. And then he said, Satan, get behind me. Mm -hmm. He didn't call him Satan, but he knew that that was the work of Satan. That he would die on the cross. Mm -hmm. He knew that. The night before he went through six judgment halls, church. Mm. And as Brother McKinney said, that that crucifixion was a terrible thing. Mm. But Jesus, when Peter said, no, Lord, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to do that. He said, get behind me, Satan. This is the work of Satan. When we would do good, trouble yeah. is always all right. All right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Can I get a, can I get a Say witness? It. Yeah. yeah. Say it again. The works of Satan is always present. Mm -hmm. And that's why he said in his uh, uh, last word, the sixth word, he said, it is finished. Nothing else had it. Had to be added. It is finished. Moses couldn't do anything. Amen. It is finished. Amen. David couldn't add anything. Amen. It is finished. Amen. Elijah couldn't add anything. It is finished. Yeah. Hallelujah. You, you, and you. You can't add anything to the work of Jesus. Amen. Because he did come down through 40 and two generations. Hallelujah was born in a manger. Yes. Hallelujah. At 12 years, he started preaching the gospel yeah, of Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the wilderness, the devil said, throw yourself down. Because I, I know that your angels have charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And he said, Satan, man shall not live by bread alone, heaven, but by every word that proceedeth out of his it is finished. It is finished. We needed a way because man <coughs> had become so perverse. Yes. He was lost. It is finished. A task that says in and of itself.
bear the veil in the temple was split from top to bottom, not Amen. bottom to top. Amen. Which means that <clears throat> which means that no more sacrifices, mm -hmm. no more killing these animals. But mm -hmm. God carved out a way for us. I need somebody to say amen right now. Amen. 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 The devil is trying to take my voice away. I'm going to preach this. Amen. Remember, in John, I, I said it earlier, that when, when Jesus said, Father, into your hands I command my spirit. Yeah. And then he gave up the ghost. And you got to understand this here, church, and I really want to make this here point. <clears throat> I want to make this here point that when Jesus commanded his spirit and given it to the Father, it was designed, hallelujah, that we would be able to have a right to the tree of life. Yes. I yes. want you to know yeah. that Jesus, when he gave, when he commanded his spirit into his father's hands, he knew that no better hands could he put it in. Yeah. He had already came down to 40 and two generations. Well. He had already, he had already, hallelujah, preached his own eulogy mm. by the way that he walked. Yeah. He walked yeah. his talk. Yeah. And his talk was of his heavenly father. Yeah. Yeah. When he said the night before he went down, he said, Father, Hallelujah. If there's any way that you can remove this here cup, yes. hallelujah, remove it from it. Yes. And then he said, nevertheless, yes. hallelujah, yes. not my will, yes. but yes. your will. Yes. Nevertheless, hallelujah, not my will, yes. but your will. Yes. Yes. And hallelujah, what we have to do sometimes. Well, hallelujah, that we just have to forget about it, amen, and go ahead and praise the Lord. Yes. It is finished, amen. amen. What's finished? The amen. work of Calvary finished it all. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel my help coming, hallelujah. Yeah. My help is in Christ Jesus. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah, it is finished. Yes. Early, early in the morning, the scripture says that the women went to the sepulchre clean his body. Amen. Hallelujah. But on the way, hallelujah, all they could think about was that big rock in front of his uh, 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 sepulchre. Amen. Right. Yeah. And they said, how are we going to move uh, 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 this rock? Amen. I know that sometimes uh, y'all have felt the same kind of way. How am I going to pay this bill? Hallelujah. 
in you. And I come to tell you today, hallelujah, that keep on keeping on. Don't stop. God has already. Can I have a witness in here today? God has already provided a way. He has already moved that stone out of the way. Am I right about it? He has already. And praise be to God, hallelujah, the women, though they didn't know how they were going to move that rock, amen, they kept on going. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. They just kept on going. Yeah. And when they got there, amen, they saw a young man in white raiment, amen, and he said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why? Why, why, why do you look for someone who has gotten up with all power in his hand? Amen. He has power to lay it down and he has power to pick it back up again. Hallelujah. Amen. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up, meaning if Jesus, if we lift him up, hallelujah, stones will get out of the way. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Yes. Amen. And I just want to, I just want to make uh, this uh, one point. And sometimes they say, "Well, where was, where was Jesus at?" Hallelujah. When they put him in the tomb. Mm. Okay. Where was he at? Mm. What was he doing? Mm. Father, into thy hands I command my. What was Jesus? Well, there was two parts of hell. One was paradise, where the one thief came, and he said, remember me when you go into your kingdom? Hallelujah. That was one part. And then there was another part that they called torment. And they tell me that Jesus, and we can look at the 24th division of Psalm, and it said that there were some that had been captured. They believed in the, the word that they heard, and they said that Jesus went riding in. Hallelujah. Amen. And he said, lift up your head. O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting door, and the King of glory shall do what? Amen. The King of glory shall come Amen. in. They tell me that Jesus, before he went up and gave the sacrifice, they say that he went down, hallelujah, to the lower courts of hell. Amen. He went down and said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. Door and be ye open, ye everlasting door. And who 
the King of glory shall come in. Hallelujah. Remember what I said. Hallelujah. Do you remember what I said? What Jesus said? Hallelujah. What he said? Hallelujah. When Jesus said it is finished, I want y'all to know it is finished. Nothing else can be added. Father, I place my spirit into your hand. You don't need anything else. Hallelujah. Because they tell me, hallelujah, that who is this man? His name is Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, ah, the Chief Pope That's who he is. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Let us all just go with the 24th division of Psalm. We're going to go out. We want to know what Jesus was doing. He was down there getting rid of the captain. Let's, let's look at the 24th chapter of Psalm. Amen. Amen. If you have to say amen. Amen. The earth is the Lord. And the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell in. For he hath founded upon the sea and established it upon the flood. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in the holy place? He that have clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of our salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that, that seek thy faith, O Jerusalem. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, the everlasting door and the king of glory shall come in. Can you picture him? He didn't already, they already stretched him high, wide and, and, and hung him high. They already done that. Where was he at? The tomb was empty. Where was he at? Right here, doing his work. Lift up your head. That's what he said. And the captains lifted up their head. They said, oh ye gates. And be lifted up the everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall do what? He'll go in. Yes. Hallelujah! Satan is defeated. I want y'all to know that he don't even have the keys to his own to his own kingdom. He said, "Who is the King of Glory?" Satan. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, the everlasting door. And the King of glory shall do what? He'll come into your life. He'll change your, your very mind that you have. He'll give you feet to walk right. He'll give you tongues to speak right. He'll give you, hallelujah, what this world has stolen from you. He'll give it right back to you. And I have right places Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This day, 
in paradise, you shall be with me. Amen. 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 Eli, Eli, Mama Sabatine. Hallelujah. Amen. First, it is finished. Amen. It is finished, church. Mm -hmm. Let us praise the Lord for the congregational minister. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for sitting on the 
beautiful selection that she do. We thank you, Father God, for Reverend Mason, Reverend Jones, and Dr. Janet, Brother McKinney, and Bird, one at the instrument, the choir. Thank you. Amen. Praise God for whom all blessings are.